when I narrate a story, it has to be very contextual. You can't be you know, randomly saying something just because you want to brag about something. You find the right context. And in this situation that you are, in the opportunity that is presenting to you, what might be a relevant story from your life? Hello and welcome to the Success with Savita podcast, where we share hot tips on how to do life and business without losing your mind. I'm your host, Savita Nanjapa, entrepreneur, high-achieving 9-to-5-er turned transformational success coach, helping you create a wildly successful business. Come hang out with me and other fabulous humans like you every week for stories and chats packed with a healthy dose of tips, resources, how-tos and real talk. Side effects may include a happier and more confident you with each passing day. Joining me for my latest episode is Neeraja Ganesh, someone who I have admired for a long time now. And we finally get to sit together to have this conversation about how to use storytelling for your personal brand. Neeraja Ganesh is a thought leader associated with reputed training organization in India, Inroads Leadership Development and Quinergy Leadership Academy. She has served as the Director of Relationships at National Education Society of Karnataka, which has 17 institutions under it. Having spent 25 years in the IT industry managing large teams and having driven diversity and inclusion programs in her organization and also volunteered and mentored outside her organizations to support this cause, she decided to switch her career from IT to work in the space of gender diversity after having mentored women from diverse experiences, age groups, industries, and domains to help them grow in their careers. She headed the Jobs for Her Foundation for 18 months. She is a keynote speaker, has been invited by various prestigious forums across the globe to deliver talks on a variety of topics. She also writes articles on many platforms, has been featured via chat shows and podcasts, and has been invited to review books of leading authors, including Miss Apurva Purohit's Lady, You're the Boss. She has also been on the jury panel for many innovation competitions, including the MIT Sloan School of Management USA's Inclusive Innovation Challenge. She has won numerous awards and her list of achievements just goes on. And as you listen to this conversation, you realize what a master storyteller she is. Join us as we talk about storytelling for your personal brand. I want to actually take it straight back to you, ma'am, and have you share with us your story. And I want to begin by thanking you for making time to be here today. So thank you for being uh, here today and speaking to me on this. My pleasure. I'm honored to be a guest on this show. Oh, it's my honor, ma'am. So tell me a little bit about you do so much, but what brought you to the work that you do today? What's your story? What's your journey so far? Sure. And, um, you know, I would always start such a question with my personal, you know, journey also, and then we can look at the professional side. So personally, I grew up uh, um, as an only child in a very conservative, you know, Tam Bram set up, uh, Tamil Brahmin family in the south of India, and was an extremely meek, timid, shy girl, mm-hmm. uh, kept to myself. Uh, and uh, of course, my parents sent me to the best of schools and colleges, but I was to myself. You know, I, I didn't really have, uh, because of the meekness, because of the shyness, because of probably not uh, 
feeling, you know, that I fitted in. I kind of kept to myself. So that's the way I have uh, grown up in my personal you know, life. Um, and of course, um, as the time goes by, I went through an arranged marriage. Uh, my parents found this groom for me uh, very much from Bangalore. Uh, he runs his own business. Uh, I lived in a joint family. So, of course, I lived with my in-laws. But my parents were also in the same city in Bangalore, which was a huge support system for me, which enabled me. Uh, so one of the takeaways for audiences have to be build your support system. Uh, some of us are blessed to have it, you know, as parents and as in-laws around us. But some of us will have to find that support system. And that's what kind of, you know, helps me even till date uh, to do what I do. Okay. And of course, with marriage, I also had my daughter. Uh, she's 19 years old. She's doing her first year uh, undergrad here in Bangalore. Uh, and uh, today I live with my mother-in-law and my mother, you know, happy family together. So that's my personal life. Okay. In terms of professional, uh, I went on to do my BSc and then did a course from NIIT. And I'm talking about the 1990s, so I'm quite old. Right. Um, and that was the a time when um, the IT industry was booming. So I did uh, a course, uh, of, uh, it was called Advanced Diploma in Systems Management. And even before I finished the course, I got this job at Sonata. It was a contract assignment, which converted into permanent employment in nine months. So I have had 25 years of an IT career that way, grown from the lower rungs of, you know, actually being a software engineer or programmer to actually holding leadership positions right. uh, and uh, quit from the corporate world in 2017. And that's kind of in a quick intro about my personal and professional. And uh, we'll talk about what I do now, you know, a little bit more as the talk progresses. Sure. Actually, the topic for uh, people who are watching this today is uh, storytelling to build your personal brand. And as you can see, uh, Nirja is a master storyteller. But coming to the topic of building uh, your personal brand today, uh, people feel that person it, today personal branding is important um, and everybody a lot of people do understand that but often the question is how can one build their personal brand with authenticity so yeah um, so as I said I quit from my um, corporate career in 2017 mm -hmm. and uh, decided to uh, do something on my own okay. because I didn't want to go get back to corporate uh, mm -hmm. for a few reasons that I had yeah. Uh, but before I could even do something on my own, um, this opportunity to head the Jobs for Her Foundation came my way. Um, so I have always, uh, you know, helped out Jobs for Her. I know Neha Bagaria, the founder of Jobs for Her. Even when I was at my Captain 9 my corporate career, I used to mentor and volunteer for them. Uh, and that's when she started a not-for-profit foundation. And uh, I, she kind of approached me and I said, this is an area of, you know, interest, a passion that I have to kind of help women, uh, you know, reach their aspirations. So I took on that opportunity and I, of course, you know, did that role for 18 months, a hugely satisfying role. Mm -hmm. So let me narrate the story of when I quit from the foundation, I decided that I must launch some of my own trainings and workshops. Right. So right. I put out a webinar uh, on this topic of networking um, and uh, I put it out on social media for registrations. I had 96 people who registered and guess what? All were women. Not a single man registered. So I went back to the poster, which I had put out for promotion to say, hey, did I say this is for women? And it didn't say anything like that. It just said, register for a session with Neeraja on networking for results. And that is when I realized that there has been a brand that has got built, uh, rightly or wrongly, to say that Neeraja does sessions and talks only for women. Okay. Right. 
And that is where the authenticity comes. Of course, that's not the brand that I wished for because I'm happy to talk to men also. And in the last one year, I have also been in the academia. So I also look at young adults and do a lot of sessions for them. But what was happening when I was heading the Jobs for Her Foundation was I was always promoting uh, sessions for women. So while it would go as promotional content from Jobs for Her Foundation, I would also personally write about it. Okay. And uh, in, without me realizing, the brand has so authentically authentically built that Nirja does sessions for women. And that's where the authenticity comes in. Right. Now, let me give you another example around it. Just two, three days back, I saw something on LinkedIn pop up. This is from an organization called as Kalanika. Uh, they are, you know, uh, an Indian apparel house who uh, look at handlooms and uh, kind of create and weave handloom saris. So in, uh, you know, celebration of Women's Day, they decided to put out a post every day for 21 days, putting out a picture of a woman who's always in a sari. Okay. You're rocking in a sari or something of that sort. And I was surprised because they didn't approach me or anything like that. Right. My picture came up. And, you know, uh, said uh, woman number one rocking in, uh, one of four rocking in a sari. And uh, I thought that I have been very true to what I believe I want to wear. While personal brand is not about what you wear and how you look, but there is one aspect of that. And uh, let me tell you, throughout my corporate career, I have always been in saris, despite the fact that my appointment letter with one of the organizations had said that every Wednesday you have to wear a Western form. And uh, there was, uh, you know, one occasion when I got selected for a senior women's leadership development program held in Paris. Mm -hmm. And the uh, dress code was Western formals. And not a single Wednesday, I wore Western formals. And even to this program, I declined it. And I said, I will wear what I'm comfortable with. So be true to yourselves. Mm -hmm. Who are you? And what is it that you wish to be known for? And build that brand. And that is how authentic brands are built. Awesome. Oh my God. Uh, That gives me goosebumps because, you know, when we talk about personal branding, even in uh, the work that I do, these are the ways that I would love to tell a story rather than saying, hey, you should do one, two, three, four things, right? So uh, thank you for sharing that. I actually wanted to ask you this question before we came into the conversation on personal brand, but I think it's right to ask now, uh, what are some of the key challenges that you have faced and how did you overcome it? Uh, Because we are already on that conversation and I feel like you must have had some really interesting challenges. Yeah, so there are plenty, right? All of us go through plenty of challenges and and most of the time we talk about challenges which are external to us. So we say, okay, fine, you know, as a woman, I'm the only person in the room, uh, across the table, at the board or whatever. There are many external challenges and I do not want to talk about them today because there are ways that you can deal and cope with those challenges. Mm. The biggest challenge is what comes from within. It is your mindset and your self-limiting beliefs, which is what, and we're talking a lot about women today and hence, I think for a woman, there is a lot of self-limiting beliefs which kind of hold her back. One of the classic ones is what we call as the imposter syndrome. So even now, you're sitting over here and Savita, you've done so many you know, talks and interviews and you have reached a position for yourself. Despite that, you are very candidly telling the audience that you are feeling a little nervous, right? So the imposter within you is still telling you, hey, I hope I'm doing the right thing. Do you think it's not telling me? Of course, Savita, it is telling me also the same thing to say, Nirja, I hope you, know, you are the right person to be on this show uh, because 
at the stalwarts that Savita has interviewed in the past and will go on to interview next. Do you even fit in? Do you, do you, are you at that caliber? The imposter will always try to put you down. And especially for women, it's there for men also. So I will ask this question to men. Don't you have the imposter syndrome? And they say, of course. But they, they are able to kind of, you know, figure a way around it. But for women, we, you know, kind of take a step back. And that's the biggest challenge, of course, for me and like me, for many other women. So right. what I have done is I've tried to befriend the imposter. I've tried to quieten it down. So you cannot throw it away. You know, that is something. Don't even try to throw it away. It will always come back. Right. But just try to quieten it down and say, what's the worst that can happen? Hmm. Right? So in this interview, maybe I'll goof up. But that's the worst, right? And we are recording it. Maybe we'll re-record it. So yeah. that gives me some, uh, you know, solace to say, okay, even if I goof up, you know, we can re-record it. So yeah. ask the question, what's the worst that can happen? And if you can deal and cope with that, go ahead. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges that I have been able to, you know, overcome by saying, I will go ahead and do and grab every opportunity that comes my way. Awesome. I When we're talking about challenges and imposter syndrome, another common thing that comes up for women, right, is the perfectionist syndrome, right, where they feel like it's all or nothing if it's not like, you know, you can wake up and have 10 things like I feel like women do this a lot more than men, but we put 10 things on the to do list. I did eight. I didn't do two, but I feel like, oh, I'm not I feel dissatisfied. I don't feel happy about the eight that I've done, but I feel like, oh, I didn't do two, so I've not had a great, like, it's not been a productive day. What is your advice to those who go through that? Because there are a lot of people who go through that. That's true. That's true. Let me tell you that we have a long marathon ahead of us. All of us, whatever age you are at, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be in a rush to accomplish everything overnight. Okay? Enjoy it. That's the most important aspect. So when you ask me, how do you do so many things that you do? It's because I enjoy every one of it. Mm. And because I enjoy every one of it, I'm able to find time and do it very effectively and efficiently and productively. So, you know, I'm able to do more. But if you're actually in a rush, you want to do everything overnight, it will pressurize you, it will stress you out and you will not do even one bill. So that's that's one of the things, right? The second thing is that uh, space it out, have some buffer in between everything. So even if you have a timeline, I said you don't have to do everything overnight, but you kind of have a week to, you know, do four things. You want to achieve four things in a week. Mm. Ensure that you calendarize it and ensure that you have buffers. What do we do? We kind of, you know, forget the small little items that may come in during the week. And then when that comes in, and if it becomes bigger than, you know, what we envisaged it to be, then out of the four, only three things get done. And then we always worry about it. So for me, and, and I've lived by the Google calendar ever since I got into the freelancing world. Okay. Because I do so many things. Uh, there's a lot that I do in terms of voluntary work. I write and I, you know, do consulting assignments and I do freelance work and I may be giving interviews like that. And then there's personal stuff, right? So every small thing goes into my calendar, including a dentist appointment that my daughter will have. Right. And she laughs her head off to say, why do you even put that? But I know that I have to put it because I wish to go with her. I want to be there, you know, to take her to the doctor. And so there is a half an hour appointment and half an hour before and after when I can't really do something productive. So I will always decline. For example, why is it that we took so long to have this conversation? You reached out, I think, in Jan, beginning of Jan. And I ensured that I'm able to give this quality time 
and at the same time you know i i don't rush everything right. uh, and so i give you a date which would be comfortable for me along with the 100 other things that i wished to not to say that it was not priority um for example uh, i know that i have ra- really cramped a lot in my calendar for the next two weeks given its women's day mm-hmm. and i know this opportunity will not come and come again till the next women's day so people right. who are approaching explicitly for women's day then i am cramming it a bit i'm not denying it right. but if opportunities can stretch a little then you know try to space it out um and so two things to remember it is a marathon take your time and do it at your pace not at the pace that everybody else is doing because that's their life and they have their own circumstances to deal with so you figure out what all you want to package into your life and it's a holistic life don't think of it as career alone a life has got many other elements than you know work and career and money uh, so package everything into your calendar and have some offer for some exigencies and you will be able to you know deliver on everything and even if one slips by it's okay it's okay you have the next week and the next month mm-hmm. to work amazing oh my god such um, great advice in that uh, which brings me to now storytelling so when we talk about storytelling to build your brand right people find that really hard to do like what story do i tell like isn't that fake or i don't have great stories so what are your tips for telling uh, how to use storytelling one for your brand and what are some tips to tell a story story effectively Sure. So I remember back then in my corporate days uh, when I used to hire, right? And we were given tips and tricks in terms of how do you conduct interviews. Mm. And we were told that you must use this form of interview, which is called BEI, Behavioral Event Interviewing, which okay. means that you don't ask a question, uh, you know, which kind of brings out just some adjectives. So I'm a great person. I'm a great boarder, or I, you know. not that way mm. you are going to ask a question in such a format and expect a response in such a format that they are actually identifying experiences from their past you know work or projects which will tell you how good a problem solver he or she is mm. so it's behavioral event interviewing and it's nothing but storytelling at the end of the day right how uh, effective it will be when i narrate a story but it has to be very contextual you can't be you not know, randomly saying something just because you want to brag about something you find the right context and in this situation that you are in the opportunity that is presenting uh, to you what might be a relevant story from your life so i'll give you two examples again one is that uh, i had this opportunity to introduce miss apurva purohit i'm a fan of her apurva purohit is the president of the jagran group and has written to great books uh, one of them is lady you are the boss and we had invited her through bcic one of the networks that i am part of to address our member organizations and women from our member organizations so i was given the job of interviewing uh, sorry uh, introducing her okay a very small job you know the the cv will come or the bio will come to read it or to what you can't you know really tamper with that people like you know of course structure that was my responsibility you know what i did i used that occasion to talk about a chapter that she's written in her book which is imposter syndrome mm. and i brought out a story from my life where i had the imposter syndrome you know telling me mm. i was asked to become the jury member at massachusetts institute of technology's global innovation challenge Oh. and the director was telling me neeraj who are you to you know actually be on the jury of mit's thing mm. so i narrated that story 
in the context of ms apurva purohit introducing her introducing the book a chapter from her book but i sneaked in my story so it was so very relevant to the occasion but what also happened was i sneaked in my brand of being at the jury of mit yeah. right nobody yeah. would have thought she is bragging nobody would have thought it is so out of context it yeah. gelled very well with the situation but also left the audience with something about me so you have to have a bag of stories mm-hmm. it doesn't come you know overnight uh, you have to always keep reflecting upon it and keep the bag of stories ready with you for any situation of course if you have the opportunity to prepare then ensure that you know which are the stories you're going to narrate but if you're thrown in you know some event informal form personal professional kind of an event find the context the topic that is getting discussed and sneak in a story which will ensure the brand is felt Right. Also, the second one that I want to talk about somewhere you said about you know people um, who may not have this people think that I have not done much. So, what is the story that I can you know narrate? Let me tell you, each of us has done enough in the lifetime that we have led. All of our experiences are valuable for somebody or the other. So, don't yeah. ever underestimate. Don't minimize your achievements. Don't think I am a nobody. Each of us is a somebody, and our life experiences are extremely valuable. So if I were to narrate a story of my daughter, she's a nineteen-year-old college-going girl, you know, what's the big deal about it? But I will narrate a story which will be that when she was doing her final semester exam, mm. this year yeah. has been online, right? So in the online exam, uh, the child is not allowed to have anything else on her screen other than an, a tool. It was an AI-enabled tool okay. which monitors what the student is doing, mm. uh, so that there is no malpractice or anything yeah. like that. and there's a proctor behind the tool who's also still watching the student so uh, she wrote and then she had to scan the paper using her phone and send it via email into the email which uh, can be opened on the laptop and it's a college email that's the only thing that you can open on that uh, laptop so she wasn't able to send it through she tried and tried and tried five questions five answers she kept trying it was not going through mm. what did she do she i mean any other person would have cried would have said okay lost the paper yeah. i will do a re exam and all of that this girl she told that proctor saying that see it's not going through i'm going to open my whatsapp hmm. on the side you can watch what i'm doing i know it's not allowed but then i have to ensure my answers go so i'm going to open whatsapp you keep looking at what i'm doing on the whatsapp all i'm going to do is i'm going to send these five answers through whatsapp i will open whatsapp on the screen and push it into the system through that Mm-hmm. and if this is a story that i narrate or she narrates of a student you know you don't think a student has you know great achievements mm-hmm. it is going to talk about how her problem solving skills are right. it is going to talk about how her negotiation skills are right some of the life skills that she possesses so it will yeah. be great at an interview and if i were to give this as an example of a story it's also building a brand about yes so keep a very very contextual story present it in, in a very natural format as long as it kind of gels with the required you know uh, topic for discussion any story is worthwhile like what you hear so far make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now stay tuned as we take a quick break and we'll see you on the other side of the show so um should somebody prepare a little bit because uh, okay i'm building my personal brand 
I've now listened to so many stalwarts, including uh, Neeraja Ganesh, sharing that you know, uh, new storytelling. Should I prepare a little bit because you know, maybe if I'm put that, put in front of somebody, I may not be able to think. Do you recommend taking some time, thinking through these stories and putting them down, um, and maybe say, if this story, this is what can be the takeaway. Definitely, one needs to prepare. I'm not saying that it comes, you know, yeah. overnight. One needs to. So, in my case, I think um, one of the things is because I have been an extremely introverted person, right? I have always been in an observation mode. So, I have observed a lot and I learned a lot. And uh, I have always wanted to be on stage, I guess, but I was shy and I didn't have the confidence. So, in my own head, I would probably be in a speech thinking that, okay, tomorrow there might be an opportunity where I'll get to the stage and I may be asked to speak about this. So in my head, I would have, you know, thought of the speech, I would have thought of the stories. So when such an opportunity did come by at a later point in time, it was easy for me. But you must prepare. Uh, always you must have, you know, uh, how do you introduce yourself? So that's a basic thing, right? So have a story around that. The elevator pitch is so important. And think of Three different occasions, uh, three different places, three different uh, people that you may want to introduce yourself to and learn that storytelling. You know, so it is practice keeping a, a list of stories and practicing is definitely important. And over a period of time, it will become a natural for sure. Right. Brilliant takeaway. Three different places, three different types of introductions. This is so important because, yes, everybody, if you tell them, okay, to go tell me about yourself, which is the most hated question, whether in an interview or in business, is, uh, uh, they, they, you know, they restart by saying, hi, I'm Savita, myself Savita, or, you know, it begins like that. So that's such great advice. So I do have a question. I know you've touched upon this a little earlier. And actually, when I was thinking of the questions, I thought about this for myself because I've been asked this in the past. And sometimes I have felt uh, this about me. Uh, you know, in story time, we talk about the hero or the heroine's journey where we've had these ups and then you build. What if we've genuinely had an uneven, like it's been fine. You had a good life. You had a good um, upbringing. You went to good school. No, nothing stands out. Um, how do I find a story to tell when... And, and this I'm talking specifically in comparison to I have someone else around me or my peers around me who are saying, oh, you know, this happened and something really drastic happened to them and how they overcame it. They were the black sheep. So they have those stories. And here I have like nothing that stands out, a very boring, average uh, story. What is your response to someone like that? How do they find something from their own lives that they can use in building their own personal brand? So, uh, like I, I actually told about my daughter Sneha's story, right? I mean, that's also a normal life. Um, so, all of us will have normal lives, thankfully. But there will be, you know, something on a day-to-day -day basis, which is like an aha moment. For us, uh, what, however small you feel, wow, you know, this is so great for me. Um, and uh, you kind of have to, you know, keep that in your kitty. Right. Uh, I know that, you know, you can always reflect. Now, nobody will have the time to sit down and reflect on your life that has gone by. But maybe you can reflect on the day that has gone by hmm. and compare it to yesterday or compare it with somebody else's you know, day. I, I don't like comparisons, but just to kind of get it started, compare it with your own life as of yesterday or as of three days ago, one week ago, six months ago. There, might, there definitely will be some moments, however small they are, which definitely need to be packaged well and told to people uh, and you know, kept it you know, in the bag of stories. Um, so for me, for example, I always, you know, talk about um, 25 years of corporate 
pretty much a standard, you know, life that someone would lead in the corporate. I've, of course, you know, grown to these very senior ranks. Uh, and if I were to reflect, I'll find some stories out of it. Uh, but the the transition that I did, um, how did that happen? Right. Was as simple as going to an event on a Saturday, which was held in the Bangalore, one of the five-star hotels. It was an event for women on a career break. Okay, mm. I was not on a break. I was not intending to take a career break. But uh, since I got invited, I went to that event. Yeah, And that was transformational for me because when I started listening to the speakers, I'd never ever heard speakers from such diverse you know, uh, industries and diverse perspectives because you're always in a cocoon. Mm. You are working in a banking setup. You're working in an IT setup. You're only going to events where you have banking and technology. Right. Of course, today, banking and technology has also evolved. So it's become very interesting. But in those days, it's the same set of people that you meet, the same set of thoughts that keep you know circling right. around you. Right. And now you're going to this event where people from startups from you know all you know kinds of industries have come and uh, one of the things that the speaker said was to these women on a career break that if if you're always going to look at opportunities in the field that you have been say before the break so I've been in IT and I continue to look at only IT-based opportunities it is going to be limited not saying that you will not get but it's going to be limited but if you suddenly start looking at opportunities in terms of what are your competencies that you have? What are the strengths that you bring to the table? Mm. For me, I'm very good at stakeholder management. That's the strength. I'm very good at communication. And maybe I'm very good at team you know, management, people management. So these are my strengths. Right. And when I look at a job, any job, doesn't matter IT, non-IT. How did I manage an NGO after 25 years of corporate? I had no NGO experience, right? And even when I asked Neha, why did you even give that job to me? She says, I have seen your passion. That is one thing. Because anybody who's passionate will figure a way out to, you know, delivering the outcomes. But she said, in terms of these traits that you bring, because the job involved building partnerships and my stakeholder management, you know, came into play. The job involved, you know, doing newsletters, doing content and putting it out because branding and and an NGO, it's a very lean organization. I did everything myself, right? So my communication came into play and the job involved building communities and engaging community members and my team management came into play. Suddenly, you know, opportunities kind of just dramatically improve for you. So that is the story. It was, I was a plain Jane. You know, life was normal. I wouldn't even have, as you said, anything to say. What did you do over the weekend? Sat at home, one washed clothes. <laughs> Maybe that's the only answer. I'm not the person who will go catch a movie, play football. Everybody would say that, you know, oh, I had a great time playing football with my son. Or, you know, I went and did something very fancy. And I had no such thing in my life. Home and work. That's about it. But this is also a great story because I went and attended an event And people may say, so what's the big deal about attending an event? But look at this. This story I can narrate to tell people, start thinking differently about opportunities. So there will be such events. There will be such instances. Reflect maybe on a daily basis and then put it somewhere either on your head or in a book. And you can pull it out next time when an opportunity comes. Absolutely. Such great tips. Um, That reminds me, how difficult was that decision? You know, being at the top of your profession in the corporate world, um, you know, it's it, it's tough. A lot of people say it's tough. How difficult was that decision to make that leap? And, and then, uh, you know, you got all these different opportunities. 
how did how did that transition happen and uh, what's your experience of it so um i always say that decision making is not difficult when you know your priorities hmm. for most of us it's a very simple statement and if we were to ask anyone they'll say of course i know my priorities but if i were to ask people list out what your priority number 1 is and only one thing at that hmm. don't tell me two things at priority number 1 Hmm. No, but I want to do this and this. Both are my priorities. But I said between the two, what is priority number one? That needs a lot of thinking. Okay. Hmm. So when your priorities are very clear, priority number one is this, two is this, three is this. Decision making becomes so much more easier. And for me, when I was leaving the corporate world, my priority forever has been family. Uh, so you know, I will always decide based on the opportunities that come my way, where I'm able to effectively give time to family. It doesn't mean that I'm going to spend ten hours with family or four hours with family. Given the current situation, there are times when I have needed to spend more time with family, and I would have chosen roles which allow me that. There is time when I feel the family can manage themselves, and I would have picked something which will drive me for twenty-four hours every day. Also, that doesn't matter. But you have to have your priorities very, very clear. at that point in time my priority was i was telling you my support system right which is my mother and uh, my mother in law my father in law my husband came crumbling down starting with my mother who underwent a surgery as she recovered my husband fell ill when he recovered my father in law fell ill then my father in law passed away the whole support structure came crumbling down and i knew at this point in time i need to be in a role which will keep me in bangalore but the role which was there in the corporate who had a lot of travel and i chose to quit that and did not want to go back to corporate because such challenges will again come right right so that's why that decision making was easier because my priorities were very very clear right. the second reason why it became easier was because i was already involved voluntarily with organizations like jobs for her mm. so i had taken 3 months leave before i actually quit because i was you know caring for my mother and her husband and all of them right. but i did not sit at home even you know like i did not uh, say let me take a chilled out break yeah right every day i stepped out for 2 hours to volunteer somewhere i all volunteered at jobs for her i volunteered at the startup called pensar i volunteered at the space called ink so what that does to you is it tells you what you're good at beyond what you can do yes what you thought you could do yes and you also present those opportunities so i knew that of course keeping money aside and you need money and you have to find ways to make money keeping money aside i knew how i could be productively utilizing my time providing value to people uh, by you know doing 100 things which i could volunteer and you know do so it was easier to take the decision because i i knew i will not feel bored i knew i will not i will be able to keep my sanity even if i quit till i find something you know um, which is also financially rewarding so these are the two reasons because of which i was able to easily take that Okay, lovely. Before I actually, as we come to the end of this interview, there are few, just few more questions. One is, what day in your life look like? Okay, so I'm not a great disciplined person. I have to admit that. I, so I, I, I refuse I, to believe that. <laughs> at least, in, uh, I think in terms of you know, I'm not uh, an early riser, and you know, I will not do my exercises or something like that. You know, it's not, the, the day does not start like that. I wake up only by seven ish. You know, also twenty twenty has made us like that because there is no rush to go somewhere or pack a dabba and send the daughter somewhere and things like that. So. Um, 
uh, and I have a lot of you know help at home. So you know, as I said, my my family supported me throughout my career, and after uh, twenty seventeen, I have ensured that I have household help. So there is a cook, and there is someone who comes and takes care of the entire household. So that way, I'm blessed. And please ensure people that you do build a support structure. It is important. Right. So I don't do much at home. I, it's more, uh, you know, kind of just overseeing things. Uh, so I will not tell you that, oh, in the kitchen for two hours, and you know, cleaning up and all of that. Okay. But um, I do multitude of things. So I live by my calendar. As I said, I put every small thing into it. So I will in a day have, uh, say, an interview like this. I will be delivering a session somewhere else. Um, I will be writing a blog. I will also be, you know, volunteering and mentoring someone. Um, so what I do is um, I ensure that I make space for everything in the month, in the week, in the day. Um, and for example, if this interview is to happen today, of course, it gets calendarized on 24. But I ensure that I will have a slot half an hour, a day prior to this or two days prior to this, where I will collect my thoughts right. to say that I have a chat with Savita. It's around storytelling for personal branding. Let me collect my thoughts. Okay. That kind of eases it out for me. Yes. Uh, yeah. To ensure that, okay, now what do I talk? Or, you know, just before the 12 o'clock with the internet also having, you know, uh, ditched yeah. me today on a yeah. 4G, then I would have been really, you know, hassled. Um, so I have specifically learned that so the day in my calendar is of course the on-screen presence and you know customer calls and what I deliver you know in terms of sessions mm -hmm. but there is a lot of prep also that goes into the calendar so that when I take other meetings and other assignments I know that you know this much of time is not available because it is prep work right in fact I ensure that I have me time okay. you know and of course today my me time is a, is a tv time or you know, Amazon Prime Time, but every day there will be one hour of TV. And that's sacrosanct. I will not give it up for anybody. And uh, similarly, uh, you know, uh, there has to be a, a series uh, or, you know, a movie that has to happen over the weekend. And, uh, you know, I will make that happen. So uh, that that's something that I have uh, realized is needed to re-energize yourself. But the other aspect when somebody says, what do you do for winding down? Because, you know, it's a busy yeah. day. Yeah. I say that if you do what you love, you will not need to wind down. You will move from one to the other. And if at all you get bored of one, you have another thing to move to. And hence, it kind of, you know, keeps you, you know, uh, refreshed. Right. And uh, because I, uh, you know, because I had a college job till December. And then I used to do a lot of freelancing you know, assignments. I used to do a lot of trainings. I would do a lot of, you know, shows like this. I do a lot of writing. I do a voluntary work with a couple of, you know, NGOs. It's enough to kind of, you know, keep you going, energized and, you know, happy. So that's how, you know, a day is very, every day is different, yeah. but it's extremely fruitful and satisfying. Well, I'm like still, I'm still going to be thinking how I'm going to keep up. But that's, um, I mean, thanks for sharing a behind the scenes look. A mantra that you live by, before I let you go, mantra that you live by. And because um, I have one last question. What's the worst that can happen? Every time I'm faced with something, I will ask that question. Absolutely. And uh, the response to that, if it is something that you can deal with, I will go with it. Uh, so, you know, for me, I'm, I'm willing to take any kind of a risk except for when it comes to the risk of, risk of life. Hmm. So even if, even with my job, what is the worst that can happen? I'll probably lose my job. 
Mm-hmm. I think I have made enough, you know, uh, kind of provisions to ensure that I can have a life for six months without, you know, money coming in from the job. I will go take that risk and do that, you know, role or do that initiative or have that conversation with the big boss. <laughs> you know, what's the worst that can happen? He'll throw me out, right? Doesn't matter. I still want to have the conversation because I can manage. That's the mantra that I live. Right. That I wouldn't have guessed. I wouldn't have seen you as a bit of a risk taker. But of course, look at your career, look at your life right now. It is a lot of putting yourself out there, which is a risk that all of us fear. And lastly, uh, your advice to, I work with a lot of female entrepreneurs. What is one advice or a couple of pieces of advice that you can share for young female entrepreneurs who are starting out thinking entrepreneurship is easy, but then realizing, oh my God, like this is a different ball game. What's your advice to them? I will definitely say amongst the many things that they will have to do, like one of the things I say is be very, very clear about why you're doing it, mm-hmm. right? It's, people do it for passion. People do it for, uh, you know, because they want to have this in their kitty or they want to be called a CEO or, you know, whatever. But be very, very clear about why you're doing this. But, you know, that's for another day. I, I do want to talk about, you know, ensure you build your personal brand. Remember Steve Jobs, his brand went before the brand of Apple. Yes. So people would, you know, want to call it Steve Jobs. And then, of course, the Apple followed. So build your own personal brand while you are at building your company's brand is a definite, you know, advice that I will give to people. For example, Neerja Ganesh doesn't have a company of her own, right? So, but people will reach out to me because I'm Neerja Ganesh. That's because I have been able to build my own personal brand. And in closing, I'll give you the story which happened a couple of days back. So as I said, it's Women's Day time. So I've been reaching out to a lot of people through my networks online, offline, to see if there can be opportunities for me to do some sessions around Women's Day in their companies. It's been a choppy ride. Some people have said yes, some said no and all of that. So there was this person who came back and said that uh, we've kind of decided with some other events. So sorry, this time no opportunity. And I said, okay, with her. She reached out to me yesterday on LinkedIn and she said, um, she put out a poster so since I give these kinds of talks, right, people will make their own creatives and posters to promote these events. Yeah. So there was this poster that uh, this organization that I went and spoke to, it's called uh, Bank, a business networking something. And uh, they made a very nice poster with my picture, a few lines of my bio, what I have done, uh, a few of you know the talks that I have done in the past, and three bullets of some awards that I have received. Okay. Mm. She put out this poster and she said, I didn't know that you were so accomplished. Okay. And then she says, um, sorry, I don't think there's an opportunity in our organization, but I'm going to refer you to somebody else who's looking for. And it's been about three, four weeks since I spoke to her. But look at the, you know, impact the small poster made that she is now feeling she missed out probably of bringing into her organization. She does to do something and you know in another organization so it's so very important to showcase your brand and today in the online world there's plenty available through which you can showcase your brand so don't feel shy every small thing needs to be spoken about find visual mediums find blogs to write you know on various social media find you know small snippets of audio video that you can put through about yourself while the company will you know have its own brand your personal brand is important. People will reach out to you first for who you are. Uh, when I went to Jobs for Her and I started the work with the Jobs for Her Foundation, it was so very new, right? And I was reaching out to all the corporates and it was a very different kind of a role. In a corporate, 
I was not selling. I was only delivering, uh, you know, IT projects. Now here, in some ways, I had to sell jobs for her foundation to corporates. Right. This company, this man who came to the meeting that I had scheduled, and he said, you know what? I don't know what jobs for her is. I don't know what they can offer. I don't know whether I want to work with jobs for her. But I know Neeraja, mm-hmm. and I know she will deliver on what she promises. Right. And hence, I'm having this conversation with you. So right. build your brand. Right. Okay, great. Awesome. Thank you so much. That was brilliant advice. Neerja, for all the people watching, how can they connect with you? How can they collaborate with you? What's the best way to reach you? I think LinkedIn is the best. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm available as uh, Neerja Ganesh on LinkedIn. Uh, and yeah. whenever you kind of put this out, I'm sure, you know, you'll tag me so people can uh, find me. And uh, I'm, I, I look at my LinkedIn every other minute. So, you know, you, no message will go unread. I'll definitely respond. And uh, of course, I'm a mentor on the Jobs for Her portal. So I you can also, you know, follow me there. And uh, people say that, how do I get to know what events you're doing? I usually put out my events on that portal. So you will get to know. Uh, and of course, LinkedIn um, is always a way yeah. place I promote stuff so they can always reach out and get to know what I'm doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I do want to say that I'm going to write a book this year. So watch oh, out for okay. It. I can't wait for it to come out. We should <laughs> share about your book. So thank you so much. I feel like I haven't yet got everything that I wanted to get out of you, but I think this almost an hour has been brilliant. Thank you for your time. And I hope to stay connected and follow you and all the best to you in everything that you do. And uh, we'll be following your journey as well. Thank you so much, Savita, and all the best to you and to all your viewers too. And uh, of course, uh, we'll remain connected and there will be some opportunity where, you know, we all can, you know, come together and maybe work together. Absolutely. Thank you, Peter. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode and you want more, you can go to the show notes on my website, which is successwithsavita.com forward slash podcast. If you like what you've heard so far, I would be grateful to you if you could leave me a five-star review, subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend who may find this useful. You can also follow me on my Instagram at successwithsavita and DM me any questions you may have and I will be happy to answer them for you. Until the next episode, believe in yourself and all the best to your success.